0: Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Today, this is going to be a conversation of contrast, but at the same time, a way to get together, inspire, and bring awareness. So get comfortable because we're going to talk about several issues, some of them a little bit difficult to address, but important and necessary to talk about. For that, I want to welcome Kate Simpson, who is the mastermind behind this event that is going to happen and is the reason for our conversation today. Kate, welcome and thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having us. Um, It's really nice to be here and to have this chance to talk about this uh, and raise some awareness for Rita. So yeah, uh, this weekend on June 9th, on Saturday we're having this event at Gateway City Arts at six o'clock. It's called Rootstock Home and we're getting seven musical groups together. We're getting raffles. We're trying to get as many reasons as possible to get people out to support and raise awareness for our friend, Arita, who's currently um, taking Sanctuary in Northampton. Um, She's at the Unitarian Society, Northampton and Florence. And she's been there since April. My mom, Jen, and my family, Lori, and Carlin Fryer, are also here with me. Um, They actually know Arita a little bit better than I do.
0: I'm so glad that you brought friends and family because Knowing about this situation is something important, so I will. I, I want to thank your presence here today, and also, if you could tell us a little bit about Arita and what's the situation that, that she's
2: going through. Well, we've known Arita probably over 10 years now, and she's a lovely young woman, hardworking, super smart mom, wife, waitress and through the years we've had many many conversations about citizenship and and how much she loves this country and i know that she works in her children's schools and we knew her through her pregnancies with her twins and she's just an amazing person and over the last year or so the conversation started getting a little bit darker and i know that she was Concerned about renewing her, what's it called when they have to renew? Her,
1: was it her visa?
2: Re, yeah, her yearly renewal, which was never a problem under the Obama administration. And with the changes in the administration, evidently it seems that they're not renewing anymore. And um, instead, she was told that she could be deported. And
3: she's been here since 2003.
2: Since 2003. She's got three children and a husband, all American. And so she's been getting as much legal advice as she can. She wants to do everything the right way. But at the same time, due to the...
4: Lack of a right way. Yeah,
2: yeah the, you know? the what, what our current administration is doing just so unfairly, just taking people, good people, good hardworking people that have done nothing wrong, um, and taking them away from their families. And so she became very nervous that this was going to happen to her. And when I last saw her in December, right before all this happened, it might have even been early January, um, she was actually shaking. She was terrified. She couldn't sleep at night. She was worried that someone was gonna break her door down in the middle of the night and take her right in front of her children she was desperate and she started fleeing to friends houses to try to avoid her children seeing what what she thought could happen I believe she called a friend in Westfield and the friend called the church in Northampton and they wholeheartedly took her in and they've been absolutely wonderful she has to be there She. She can see her children um, probably on the weekends. They have some overnights. It's heartbreaking. She cries. The minute she, her children come in, she pictures them leaving again. It's hard for the children. The children cry. She has people there from this church, this wonderful church, who have been taking the children out for ice cream because she can't.
3: Yeah, the, um,
2: the Pioneer Valley Workers
1: Center is also I know partnering with the church as well to help. Um, the church has gotten a lot of volunteers, like you were saying. Well, they have to. Somebody has to stay with her. There's literally
5: people that stay overnight, and they're actually like staying overnight and like living in the church with her.
2: Yeah. So. And protecting her. Our- yeah. And this is the third,
1: uh, the third, like case in this region where somebody's had to take sanctuary, you know, in recent times since all of this has been happening under this administration. Um, you know, a few months ago, some a uh, Springfield resident was in Amherst at an Amherst church, and before that, um, another person had to stay at a, at a Springfield church. And this is happening all over the country. And, you know, you see. I'm sure people have seen the videos circulating this week on Facebook of Border Patrol who think it's like funny to find water canteens and food that's left for migrants and pour them out so that when people are trying to get here safely, they're at risk of dying. And this isn't new, but I think this administration is making it a lot easier for people to like lose their humanity somehow. Um, and this, you know, like I said, I don't know Arita as well as my family. I probably went to a fraction of the dinners that they did, but she was, she is like a very vibrant warm human being and she's a human being like America boasts about being this you know amazing land yeah, of the free. we were free. Just
4: in Boston over the weekend and we saw all of these you know celebrating immigration and all of these presentations about how much we value um, immigrants which we all are and it's you know, it's, it's crazy to hear situations like this. And I mean, even just historically looking at how we've treated all different types of groups of people coming into our country um, for us to go and say that we're this, you know, nation that welcomes anyone um, to have people treated like this is, you know, really just appalling. I work in the schools and I have kids that, you know, can't focus, can't concentrate all day at school because they don't know if their parents are going to be there when they get home. It's sickening. It's, you know yeah. I think that
5: that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this for Arita I mean she was the the probably the main income she was yeah. so we thought if we could raise some serious money that maybe we could help with lawyer costs um, lawyer the costs. family help the family rent and with everything else
1: so I'm really lucky to um, have this platform like okay, a city arts and, and that was something that was really important to me with this residency and you know I think if your art talks about certain things or, or does certain things then it's also important that you follow that up with intention and um, I'm like the first person to say I'm not the most articulate person in the world if you talk to me in a room but like I think getting people together and talking about things and sharing space like that even if there's somebody that comes in and doesn't understand the severity of this issue if you can get them in that room and see people coming together and really working towards like an understanding and to to
2: help this person
4: my hope is that
2: go ahead and finish no that, that was really it i think that awareness yeah i wasn't aware of how critical this is until this happened to somebody that i knew well And so when I saw Arita that night at the grocery store and I saw her shaking and I saw the look on her face, I was shocked that in this country, in this day and age, that this can happen to a good person. Shocked.
0: Which is exactly the shocking effect of seeing what at first sounded like Possibly a radical perspective on how to take care of irregularities in the immigration process or the immigration presence. Okay, yes, there are issues, there are circumstances that need to be addressed, and it's sad to see how people who are making an honest life, a proud representation of their heritage, making contributions to the society, to the community, to the country. And that's what they get in return. Right. Being harassed, being prosecuted, and now being tormented at the face of being taken out of what is now home.
1: Mm -hmm. I think fear controls so much. You know, there's people that Arita and other people like Arita have supported their whole time here, and then then somebody like Arita finds themselves in a situation like this and fear controls those people to not give that person the same support. Um, And that's heartbreaking, too. You know, Um, building, and I don't know from experience, um, but building a life and then facing that reality, you know? I can't imagine... um,
2: and the damage done to her children. I mean, th- th- how traumatizing for them to have their mom taken away. Even in sanctuary, they're not with her. She's not home.
1: And she's still she's still working in sanctuary. She's making food to sell. Um, she makes great Pero- pierogies, right? Pierogies. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
5: Um, we think that maybe that'll be her new business. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's
2: going to come out of this. She's trying to keep her spirits up. Yep.
0: And one thing is true, especially from immigrants that had to make such a journey and such a quest in order to just get physically into the United States. And then after that, adapt and make a life, little by little, day after day. So many of immigrant folks know the struggle and how hard it is to start from zero and have to restart over and over if needed. But I think about those children, this unnecessary experience of seeing her mother having to take sanctuary as the only way to be together.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I personally, I studied developmental trauma through childhood, and we have evidence that it works on children like a slow motion brain injury. It affects every area of their development. It affects their physical development. Children who experience trauma are 50% more likely to develop asthma. Um, it affects them physically, it affects them emotionally. It's, and we have we, we know that, we have this evidence, and we would rather put children through this trauma Then find a way to, you know, keep families together, and...
3: No, absolutely. It just makes no sense. So
0: by seeing this situation happening, how came this idea, Kate, for doing this event?
1: I went to school for performance activism. I have, I usually write my music about mental health, Um, my experiences of mental health. Mm -hmm. I, something that I really value with art, is because, like I was saying, because I write about these things, I like to see my art try to help people in the way that I feel like art has helped me. I also feel like art is a powerful platform to have. It brings people together and, you know, Rootstock is a monthly residency that I have and the idea of Rootstock being the roots and the source of local art and community because you know, so much of my art has been influenced by the people that I've met in this area. I grew up in Agawam, and I'm in Northampton now, and I work down the street from here. And every artist that's doing this is donating their time because this is something that people understand is important. And I think, like we were saying, like Carly studied things like that, and I studied um, you know, women, gender, and sexuality studies, and, and race, and art. So I have a certain understanding, but there's a lot of people who just don't understand and that's out of privilege, and that's, you know, in some in some cases, it's somehow innocent. But I think, you know, art has this power to mean something different to everybody, but there can still be this message um, that can really resonate with you. Um, and my, I guess the only reason I had this platform, and we were trying to, they were already trying to, th- Lori and, and, you know, um, her sister Sharon and my mom, they were already trying to think of ways to help Rita And um, I just had this platform and I thought it was something that we could do. Holyoke has a lot of immigrants. I mean, America has a lot of immigrants. And in my family, I'm the only non-white, you know, person in my family. And by no means am I a first-generation immigrant, but I understand the idea of being othered. And um, I think all we can do now is try to understand each other and work together because this like, and, and remind ourselves that even though this stuff has been happening, it's not normal and we can't let it be normal. So yeah, Gateway gave me a platform and I told them I wanted to do this and they were, they were like, yeah, do it, like, you know? Um, so it's been really great to have, this is my family, they've been putting together all these raffle baskets, they've been going around to business and getting businesses and getting support, um, you, Helping us with this is huge um, because we planned this less than a month ago. I'm pretty <laughs> sure because it feels urgent so we just wanted to get it going and um, Humble digs is playing farmhouse is playing Emma June is playing um, Sodata's playing mantis toboggan's playing the grays playing are playing um, Emily Paris playing A lot of cool artists are coming out and I'm hoping, you know, even more than music, people are going to get in a room and talk and share ideas and see like, what what can we do after this?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I was uh, thinking, not only as part of the entertainment part of, of the event, which is the music and the connector to bring us all together, but also to start these conversations and this awareness, because it's when we have these situations in front of us, when we start to realizing it's not only the people that we see on the news that they talk about in other areas in the country. It's happening everywhere and it's happening here to people that we know. And actually, to people that may not be on the profile that. Many folks understand, oh, you might be targeted as one of those that the current federal policy is going after. Regardless if you are documented or not, just because you look a certain way, you are not welcome in the eyes of the federal government. But now we're seeing that it goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. And th- like you said, Kate, it's something that we need to talk about and be aware and. Understand how much is affecting everybody because these children are being traumatized by this experience. But also I can say the community around this family is also experiencing this trauma.
3: Absolutely.
2: And I'd like to see everyone as shocked as I was because it is shocking and people should be shocked. It's wrong. And I think
1: it also begs, like, the question, like, what is a valid American? What's a valid human? Because where's the cutoff? You know? If everyone's—and I I think sometimes it can be irresponsible to say everyone's an immigrant because some people came to this country at the beginning and took things from the Native Americans. So if we're really going to say we value Americans, we don't—think of the events in the past two years, do we value Native Americans? Not necessarily, not the way that they've been treated. (laughs) So— is a valid american somebody who's passably white and talks a certain way and fits into a coded society like i can't imagine how that works in somebody's brain and it shouldn't be that you you achieve certain things and that makes you valid like you, you can say all these examples like immigrants invented this and and you know immigrants paved the way for this and that's absolutely true but like why can't like being you know just being and living and and wanting a life it's good like why is that something that isn't valid enough I don't know you know Arita Arita has her story and I'm and I'm sure you know that's something really for her to share but you know she didn't come here to take advantage of anything she came here to have a life she came here to be able to live the way that she wanted to live and that wasn't something that was necessarily possible where she was before that And I was born here, and that, I don't know, that's, it just seems unfair, like, just by, by, I happen to be dropped here, you know? I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm worked up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I totally understand, because seeing it from my perspective, and the personal point of view of an immigrant.
3: Yeah.
0: That was those are the thoughts that were happening every day for years, seeing myself and seeing the people around me and thinking we are all the same. We are all sharing the same space. But on the eyes or certain level, I am not anything like the rest of the people I'm around. I will never be part of the same circle. And that is hard, something really hard to digest and process, because then you start thinking, what do I need to do in order to validate my existence, mm-hmm. in order to justify the reason, the very reason for being here next to you? And that eats up your mind and your soul. So I can definitely see that conflictive thoughts trying to understand why these things are happening, why we are allowing this injustice happen to good people when they are doing everything in their capacity to be well and do good.
5: They, they come here for the opportunities and, I mean, her, she works hard, she, you know what I mean? I just, I just don't, I, I just can't comprehend it at all. <laughs> You know, I mean, she's she came here for the land of opportunity, and she's never been anything but a hard worker and a,
2: you know,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, like Kate said, that, you know, a lot of us were dropped here a long time ago, and we haven't had to think about it. You know, I grew up in a pretty much exclusively white, relatively privileged area, and it's not something that is brought up you know um, nobody from the outside really ever comes into that community and a lot of people stay and it's you know they're hard-working wonderful big-hearted people but they haven't had the op- the experience of just you know hearing someone's story and seeing what people go through to get here and seeing you know the horrors in the world that people are it's you know people talk about it like oh they you know they just showed up one day on the other side of the border and now there are a problem or something like that and it's, you know, they don't think about the bigger picture.
3: That they're escaping Um, from.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And also, like, you know,
1: most people, it's not too many generations back that their family was coming from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People forget when it's not in front of their face. Mm -hmm. I get really... We were talking about Border Patrol and things like that. Like, that's literally... Those are people that are patrolling and, like, organizing bodies and human beings and deciding, like, who's worthy of, of filling a space. Um, and I do think it's a learning process. I think, like like Carlin was saying, like, you know, if you're surrounded in a certain environment and you don't see these things or or have to deal with them or you don't have somebody like Arita that you got to know, that's
4: somehow easy to think it's a myth. Mm-hmm. And I think our, you know, our media does a great job of spreading fear and making people think that somebody's coming after what they value and what they have and that they want to protect, you know, but it's, you know, it's so much fear just being spread instead of genuine conversation and yeah. truth. truth. And I think yeah. and I
1: think, you know, when you get into that conversation about this this argument that you hear about jobs like Immigrants are not taking advantage of anything. Capitalism is. Like, the person who decides that they can pay an immigrant less and treat them like less than something else, that's who's taking advantage of you. It's not the person who's coming in and trying to work just as hard or harder than you. That, you know, um, and I I mean, every situation's different. I don't mean to generalize, but how can we start these conversations? You know, one fundraiser might raise awareness for Arita, and that's really nice, that's awesome, that's everything that, you know, right now I'm focused on, but how can we, how, and there are conversations happening, but how is this being ignored at such a large level? How is this being normalized, you know?
4: (sighs) I think, like, how can we bridge that huge divide of, because I know, you know, I'll be talking to even a family member, somebody that I care about a lot, and they'll say something that I'll immediately get so worked up about, you know, knowing that I've probably spent more time reading up on it and things like that, um, but I'll immediately jump to that really emotional reaction, and they'll be on the other side of it and jump to that same, you know, the opposite emotional reaction, and it's really hard to bring that back down and have a conversation instead of just a, you know, yelling match and then, oh, I'm never talking to you again or (laughs) blocking you on Facebook or something like that, you know? That's
3: absolutely.
1: I think during the election, too, I experienced that. Mm -hmm. And I think social media makes that so easy, the idea of shutting something off. Yeah. Um, You were saying that before we started this conversation, how important it is to sit here and talk because— and have those skills because, you know— it's so easy to go on and log on and type your opinion and then block people from commenting on it. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And you get in that echo chamber. Um, And even on, you know, even on this side, if you want to put it that way, it can be dangerous. Because if you're only talking to people that have the same views as you, you're not doing anything about your views. You're just Mm -hmm. saying, I agree with you. You know, I wish it was different.
0: I'm really glad that you brought up this point because that's essentially the answer to your question of how do we start these conversations? We need to be prepared and open and willing to listen and to talk openly and being able to understand the different points of view because there's more than two. It is overutilized, this perspective of the two sides of a story the two sides of the coin, and actually, it's more than that. There are so many different angles to appreciate these situations. And actually, to a certain level, many of them, if not all, are right to a certain level. We need to know, we need to learn and understand these angles in order to start creating a balance. So I can see and understand why people, let's say, Trump supporters, they feel the things that they stand for are the right things and constitute their way to say, let's make America great again. And now let's compare and try to find a balance between the polarizing view of the things that they think are all negatives. Because... If we keep just polarizing and seeing it from the opposite sides of the arena, exactly like you said, Kate, we are just talking among the ones who agree with what they think, but we are not really getting our message across.
2: And no progress gets made.
1: (laughs) That's something that, like, I've had a lot of trouble with. When I started really educating myself, I had a lot of anger. I still don't talk to certain family members. And that's something, but that's like, you know, that's a flaw on my part. Because if they're not, they're not going to look into that on their own. And they're not going to hear me when I'm screaming at them or typing in capital letters. Like, you know, you have to sit down. You have to talk to them in depth and give them the respect, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. The respect of hearing them so that they can in turn hear you it's exactly like you're saying and that's really hard Um, it is but it's not things aren't going to change if we just all hold tightly to our beliefs um, and don't you know try to think of new ways to share them people have been making protest art for hundreds of years you know people have been protesting in various forms and it's and it's all valid and it's all and it makes steps but at some point we have to like really hear each other out too and like you know on some subjects i can say that and probably feel like a hypocrite cuz i don't know if i'm always ready to hear the other side of things and like you're saying like everyone feels justified in their own perspective everyone has certain experiences that makes them feel justified in their own perspective but that doesn't mean that you can't help them understand different things or vice versa.
0: So I feel Rootstock is a good point to start these conversations and start these dynamics. I feel this could be a way to support Arida and to keep that support happening with follow-up events, more conversations, more gatherings, more awareness that can help to contribute, support her, but also to get our community to see in the eyes of people that humanity that we are losing.
3: Yeah,
2: absolutely. <clears throat> I, I hope so. The humanity that we are losing. That's
5: perfect. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. Because there, there's nothing different from any of us here. I mean, in in my heart, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're all the same.
1: And And, you know, in saying that, like, you shouldn't only be valid because you're all the same. You shouldn't erase those differences. We should try to see the same, the things that are the same in each other and then celebrate those things mm-hmm. that are different. You know, heritage or, or, like, whatever makes you you. But I definitely agree with you, Mom.
0: Rootstock is happening June 9th at Gateway City Arts. How can people get more information about the event? And actually, if they are interested and supported and get involved... Beyond the event, how can they get more information?
1: Um, so, Rootstock, right now Ticketfly is down. I don't know if you've heard, the company is down. Um, so, you can't buy tickets in advance. But there will be, we're not going to sell out of this event. You can come to the door, you will get a ticket. They're $10 with the option to donate more. And if you can't be at that event that night, the Unitarian Church of Florence and Northampton, as well as the Pioneer Valley Workers Association, are helping ARITA. And if you reach out to them, there will be ways to donate directly to ARITA. Um, My name's Kate. If you email me at kate at gatewaycityarts.com, C-A-I-T, I I can get you more information. Um, I'm happy to collect money and get it to ARITA. Like my mom and Lori said, they visit her. Anything that you can do to help us helps. You know, it helps ARITA. It helps raise awareness for other people that are going through things like this. So hopefully we'll see you on Saturday. It's gonna go all night. It's gonna be six to probably, you know, just before midnight or something. I don't know. And it's all ages. So we hope to see, you, you know, know if some people bring in families. There's some babies coming. <clears throat> <laughs> so we're hoping to see, you know, every corner of the community come out and share their ideas and you know, that would be really that would be powerful to really be able to do something for <laughs>
0: Powerful indeed as, as it is having this conversation today. I really thank all of you for being here, for opening up and share your thoughts and your ideas because like it was mentioned during the conversation, it's, sometimes it's even fearful to talk about these issues because it's not supposed to be like this, but right now we are in this point where we even talking about these issues makes us feel afraid. Yeah. like if we are doing something wrong by just talking about what's going on mm-hmm. absolutely so i thank you for being here and share your thoughts and your energy and supporting your friend and a good member of the community
3: thank you thank you thanks, thanks for
0: having us and to bring a little sample of Mm -hmm. the essence of roots talk that's Mm -hmm. happening in gateway city arts this june 9th kate is gonna give us a little gift of music
1: (laughs) i don't normally play by myself um, but i couldn't get the band here today so this is actually um, a song i wrote in college when i started to understand some of the things that were happening around me
3: There's no truth in everybody's room.
0: of Kate Simpson. What a beautiful voice, what a beautiful piece, and what a great way to bring back hope and inspiration for this event, Rootstock Happening, June 9 at Gateway City Arts. So this is just a little sample of what is going to happen. A lot of good music, a lot of good vibes, yeah. and the willingness to talk and create awareness and... I don't know. I I think this is going to be a catalyst for something more. Like you said, this is powerful. And I definitely see that energy being there for something bigger. Thank you. So thank you, Kate, for doing this, for helping Arita and for also helping these conversations to take place, because it's something really needed. And I know many people will feel inspired by this initiative to follow.
1: I hope so. Thank you for talking to us and having us. Yeah, thank
0: you for having us. Thanks. All the information about Rootstock is also available in the posting of this episode at radioplasma.com. And with this, we conclude the session of the Radio Plasma podcast that has been produced here at the Plasma Media Lab in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Vega. Thank you for listening.